to lend me your ears. I hope you all are uh, warm, <laughs> first of all, kind of freezing up here this year. I hope you're safe. I hope you're doing good. Um, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be right around February, so it's right in the middle of what most of us call our slow or slower season. So, um, like I've talked about before, we use this time of year for training, for retraining, for sharpening the saw, just all of those things. So that's kind of where my mind is right now, preparing for this winter and getting uh, my company up to as good as it possibly can be before it starts to get crazy busy again. So for this episode, uh, I wanted to touch on something that's kind of been a theme for me and my company and my life over the last couple of years. Um, It's something that I've realized the more I train employees and manage people and coach clients or even parent my kids, it's something that applies to anyone. You can be a business owner, a manager, a technician, employee, a parent, Uh, Whether you're looking to get a promotion or grow your business or get that shiny new thing, a car, a boat, a house, whatever it is, whatever you're going through, this analogy has really helped shape me and a lot of my employees and people in my life. So regardless of your situation or whatever your goals are, hopefully this applies to you. And it kind of feeds off of something that I've kind of known my whole life. My mother used to say this to me a lot as a child, and that's uh, you probably heard it too, but if you want to get something you've never got, You have to do something you've never done. And she said that a lot as I was growing up and kind of fed into, uh, like I talked about last week, you know, make it work. Like you just have to. There's things that if you want to change, you want to grow, you want to improve, whatever it is, you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone is what that means. You're going to have to do something you've never done. And that's scary to a lot of people. Outside of our comfort zone is is unknown, right? We don't know what could happen, what what it's going to bring or where it's going to lead us. So I think too many of us get stuck in that comfort zone. And I know you've heard tons of these in motivational talks and other workout videos, whatever, but it's true. You have to step outside your comfort zone. Um, What I think is a lot of people, and and I'm going to use very general terms for this. I'm talking to the everyone, right? Just that quintessential every man, every woman. But I'm really talking about me. A lot of this comes from me experiencing this in my life. So uh, hopefully no offense is taken. (laughs) But uh, I've seen too many people, myself included, want to improve their situation without improving themselves or their surroundings, right? Does that make sense? Like they want better, but they want to stay the same and in the same place while getting that better thing, whatever it is, that promotion, the bigger business, the bigger house. Uh, And that's just not possible. It's impossible to improve what you're looking to improve without changing yourself. You can't be the same person in this new place, but too many people want that, right? They want the easy way out. They want the, the, that's it really, the easier way out. I talked about that last week. There is no such thing as an easy way, but too many people are looking for that and they openly admit it with what they're saying. You may have heard people ask for things like a shortcut. God, I hate shortcuts, but people openly ask for it. What's the shortcut? What's the fast track, right? What's that quick, uh, money? What's that easy way? What's the uh, the accelerated path, the easier certification, right? Like we talked about before, they want the they want it now. They want it quick. They want it easy. And there's no such thing. Like there is, you absolutely can take a shortcut or a fast track or an accelerated path and get to your destination. But is it really going to be right? Are you actually going to get what you're looking for? You're going to get some half-assed version of it. And when it comes to business, I get asked these questions all the time. And I've mentioned it before. People will say things like, what's your secret? 
Like I have some kind of magic box that I just reach into. I'm like, you know what? I really want 10 new employees. Let me reach over here and just kind of, you know, there's no secret. I don't have a secret potion or spell or anything like that. Or they'll say things like, you know, what app do you use? What are you using for this? Or what system you're using? Or where do you find your people? Or what's that tool? And sometimes they're asking for specifics, but a lot of times those questions get asked when they're trying to find out what's my secret. Like I have some kind of magic potion and I don't, I really don't. The, the answer is the one that nobody ever wants to hear, and you hear it a lot. It's hard work. That's it. Hard work is going to get you what you're looking for. That's my secret. That's my app. That's my system. doesn't matter what tool I have. Whatever tool I'm using is going to take a lot of hard work to get the job done, whether it's breaking tiles or building a business. You have to put in the work, and people don't like that answer. Uh, years ago, um, there was this competitor of mine that would call me for help all the time. And I have no problem giving help or advice. Like I said, I worked for another guy that didn't want to help anybody. Anybody asked for help. He's like, no, 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 we can't give out our secrets. We can't give them out. You know, we have to keep it close to the vest. I don't agree with that, which is now why I do these podcasts and consulting and talks and all that is because I like to help. So years ago before podcasts and boards and, and all that, I had the uh, this local competitor that would call me for help and he would always ask advice and questions and I'd always give it. We'd go back and forth. But one day when I'm in the van and I'm driving and I got my technician next to me and he calls me and he wanted help with social media. And his actual question was, who do you use for your social media? And that's something else that I've been praised for over the years is, is my social media presence. I learned early on to hit that hard instead of classifieds or yellow pages where other people were spending and wasting their money. I hit something that was going to get in people's faces and I made a really large social media presence early on, caught a lot of eyes. A lot of people would call me and ask the same question. So here he is. He calls me and he goes, you know, who are you using for your social media? And I'm like, it's me. He goes, what do you mean you? I'm like, it's me. He goes, no, no. You know, the pictures and the posts and all the things you have with the the words and the, the little cartoon mascot and all that. Like, where are you getting all that done? And I'm like, oh, right, right. So um, the mascot is $35 a pop. I found this guy on Fiverr and he makes him and I just call him up on a whim. I'm like, hey, why don't you make him? Oh, I don't know, upside down, hanging out of a fireplace or putting a liner in or driving in a car with the top down while it's raining on. I'm like, what if it would come to my mind that I could get to a customer to make a point? I would just call him and say, hey, can you make him do this? And in three days and 35 days later, I have my little mascot. Then I needed to get it onto something. And I was usually after work tired. I'd be sitting in my chair watching TV, the news, football game, baseball game, whatever it was just mindless at the time i'd be sitting there in my recliner and i would pull out my phone and i would use this app it was a two dollar app uh, it cost me two dollars you pay one time it's no monthly or anything you just buy this and it gave me the capability to put words together with pictures and the mascot and i would take them and put them in fun little poses you know pointing at a chimney swift nest or holding up a sign and on the sign was written some things just whatever came to mind and i would just kind of make it up as I went along. I'd make it work, right? And I tell him all of this and I can kind of hear his tone changing as I'm talking, but I keep talking because I didn't really care. (laughs) And I said, yeah, it's really easy. So, you know, let me text you the link to my guy on Fiverr and let me text you the link to the app. Uh, You know, for $37, you can do the same thing tonight while watching the Red Sox game. It'll be great. And I sent it over to him and I said goodbye and hang up. The technician sitting next to me heard the whole thing, and he had the same kind of attitude as my old boss. He's like, why are you helping him? Why are you giving him all of your secrets? Like, you just gave him enough for him to do exactly what you're doing. Why would you do that if he's your competitor? And I'm like, because he won't. 
<laughs> I was a different person back then, but the, the, the theme holds true here. I was like, he probably won't. He called me asking for an, an easy way out. He wanted to know who I'm paying, who I'm, who is doing it for me because he thinks that that's how I get stuff done. And I don't, it's all in house. I like to, to do it myself and it's calming for me. And I like to, you know, watch a Red Sox game, make three different posts, schedule them for the next week and then go about my day. I said, I can give him the tools and I can give him the links and I can spoon feed it right to him. I, I'm curious to see what he comes up with, honestly. I don't think he will. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I highly doubt we're going to see uh, his company with a mascot pointing at a chimney swift nest or a crack in a flu. And he didn't. Never saw anything after again. His social media is actually very dormant still because he wants to pay somebody else for it. He didn't want my way. He thought it had a secret. He thought it had a fast track or a shortcut. And it's not. It took me wasting my time essentially at night or right before bed, something would hit me or I'd be on a roof even. I'd be up there and I'm like, oh man, this would make a really cool picture if I could just, and I'd take the picture with a, a social media post in mind. I didn't pay somebody for the pictures. I would find them. Now I still do the same thing. I'll tell my text, hey, you know, I really want a picture of uh, a wood stove that's installed incorrectly. So if you have any, send them. If you find one today, send them. I really want it for a post and I'll still do it myself. I don't pay anybody for my social media. But when it comes to questions like that, it's never about, I want to do what you do. It's, I want what you have. That's what they're really asking. I want, like I said before about people calling, uh, they'll say, where do you, where do you get your employees? Like I have some kind of employee factory underneath my shop that I'm just making them. And my answer is always indeed. And then I get silence. They're like, well, I mean, no, no, I did indeed. I've used to, I've done that. I have it. I have the thing, but no, like, where do you, where do you get them? I'm like, indeed. It takes work. It's not just, I don't, now if you're asking, do I just put a post up and leave it and not sponsor it and not pay anything and just wait? That's fishing. I don't like fishing. I don't have the patience for that. I learned from Kent Wesley a long time ago to hunt. You go in and you look for people. You send out some feelers or start searching for people that weren't essentially chimney sweeps. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for people that are chimney sweeps that can do our job tomorrow. I don't want those people. I've already told you that before. It's it's harder to retrain than it is to train. So I don't hire chimney sweeps. I don't hire experience. I'll hire a roofer or an HVAC guy or a landscaper or like we talked about last week with making it work and using your circumstances that are adversity. When COVID hit, I've told this story tons of times that for those two weeks, we shut down for two weeks. I didn't know if we were going to have any work or if people wanted us in the house. And most companies shut down. They saw that, got really scared, and they just closed up shop. I did for two weeks and I told my company, I was very honest with them. I'll pay you for the next two weeks to not work. I don't know if we're going to have any work after that. I don't know if we're going to have a company, but we're going to make do. We're going to try. We're going to push. While they're out building chimneys in the bay, I'm in racking my brain. What am I going to do to turn this adversity into something that can help me? As luck would have it, customers called. They didn't care as much as we thought they would. So we put on the masks and the booties and we went out and we worked and calls kept coming in, but then I was like, the calls are coming in and there's other companies that are shut down or can't work as, as much as we can. And I'm getting overloaded with calls. I need more people. So I had the same question. Where am I going to find people? But because adversity is nothing but an opportunity for me, I was like, wait a minute. I was watching the news last night and they said, everybody's getting laid off. Servers are getting laid off and people are getting sent home and they're cutting hours and they're trimming. I was like, there's tons of people right now that are looking for work. And a lot of them 
are just in their comfort zone, like we're talking about, like a server. That that was the first thing I thought of, because I know a lot of people that are in the serving industry, my family mostly. So I know the mind frame there. It's easy money. It's quick money. It's money at the end of the day. It's something that they've done for a while. So servers just keep doing what they're doing because that's that's what they know and they're good at it, right? Like anybody else does a job. All of a sudden, that was the first to get hit was a lot of servers were out of work. And I'm like, let's see what we can do there. And I started advertising two servers on Indeed. I'm looking for people that had a really steady job. They had a really comfortable gig. They were doing really well until something as massive as a pandemic hit. And all of a sudden they're out of work. So I, instead of looking for a roofer who was probably just as busy as me because work was picking up or somebody in the trades, I looked outside the trades. I looked for somebody that needed money that all of a sudden was down on his luck and was probably looking in the want ads for the first time. And I went after them. I went after somebody that you wouldn't think about. And all of a sudden we started getting calls and then the, the, uh, the application started coming in and we were, we had people coming in, I think like a dozen a week at one point, people were just one after another scheduling, calling, filling in applications. And I'm going, Oh my God. And we went from six employees when COVID started to 20 that year, six to 20. We hired all those people and that's what we ended up with. We actually hired a lot more. I don't have a really high turnover rate, as you would say, but I'm very particular about who I'm going to keep working for me doing this job. I'm not just going to keep you because. So we would hire somebody. They'd work for a month or so. We'd do our reviews and then check back in. We're like, this person's not working out and hire somebody else and keep going. So we ended up with 20 people that could do the job. We hired a lot more than that during that 2020 year during COVID. But that's what I'm talking about is the comfort zone matters because people will stay in it until they can't. Then they have to make a change. So yeah, COVID's bad and, and everybody's wearing masks. Nobody wants it in their house. They're not going to have a job. I don't see things like that. I'm like, let's let's go to where the people are. That's where I got my people from. It's not as easy as, indeed, because <laughs> that's the short answer. You're looking for some kind of magic bullet. It's not. It took me laying in bed before falling asleep, scrolling indeed at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, hours looking for people, looking for someone that fit what I thought would would work at my company. That's what it takes. It's not a magic bullet like people want it to be. And that's pretty much the way my whole life has been, whether I want it to or not. I've never taken the easy way. Like that's just, it's not fulfilling to me. Most of the time I made my path harder because I was an idiot. (laughs) Made it a hell of a lot harder. Not because I wanted to, but because that's the way it ended up. But the truth is, most people don't want to hear that answer that it's hard work. Hard work pays off. You have to knuckle down and figure it out. It's not just going to happen for you. And then you get the people that are, you know, oh, it's luck. Oh, it must be nice. You get those people. I don't really pay them any mind because I know, and I've heard this in other quotes too, that the harder I work, the luckier I get. That's where the luck comes from. Luck is nothing more than preparation. You have to be prepared for when those opportunities come. You have to be looking at adversity as an opportunity or else you just become that complainer that goes, oh, nobody wants to work and COVID shut my business down. And I didn't have that. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that that stuff doesn't stop me because if it did, I wouldn't have a company or I would have less than six employees or I don't know. But you have to be prepared for these things and you can't let them take you down just because it happened to you. That's preparation. That's luck. Now, 
instead of people just calling like they were, now people pay me for my advice, which is a really weird thing because I don't think I have a lot to say that's worth paying for. But I do and they do and we have an amazing time doing it and people learn and grow. And I learn it's not just me, you know, I work for con- with consultants and business coaches before and they always come in with this. I know more than you and you need to listen to me and we're going to fix it so that you can be like, man, that's not what I do. I, I coach the same way that I'm talking to you right now is I end up learning more from them sometimes. A lot of times actually I'll sit with a client. They're paying me for my time. And I'm trying to give them some insight into what I did years ago. And they'll say, you know, we actually tried this. And I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Like, tell me, how did that work? And we start to go back and forth. It's a conversation. That's what coaching and consulting is. I'm learning just as much as them. It's it's everybody helping everybody. But people now pay me for my advice. And honestly, the, the hardest part about being a consultant or a coach or an employer or a parent, it's all of the above, is giving advice to someone giving them all the tools for it, giving them all the preparation for it, showing them, mapping it out. And then they don't do it or they do the opposite or they're like, my way is better. Okay. Sometimes your way is better. That's fine. But this is mostly like coming from me as a parent of two teenage boys. It's been tough to to look at someone and go, I've done that already. It's not, it might not end well for you. I probably wouldn't. Okay. You're going to do it anyway. Fine. Cool. And then you got to watch it happen. Same thing happens with employees, clients, friends, Giving advice is hard because it's not going to work for everybody. I know that. I tell people that this is the way that I did it. I'm a different person. Hopefully it works for you. Let's just set some groundwork and we'll go. But still, it's hard when people want the shortcut rather than the work. And I have to say there is no shortcut. But I get all these questions at work too, right? I deal with the same kind of questions of, you know, a technician or employee. They want to move up. They want to make more money. They want to get a fancy title. They they just want better, which is the whole point. I've said this before, I think I got it from Tommy Nelms, that I'm not in the chimney business anymore. I I stopped doing that a long time ago when I stopped putting in liners and bricks. I'm not in the chimney business anymore. I'm in the people business. And Tommy and I, we go back and forth a lot because we just think the same about our companies. We are very people-driven, and I, I pour into my employees more than I try to get out of them, right? I put that quote up a while ago on Facebook, and that's true. I... And more about helping them because if I help them become a better person, better technician, then work gets better, then money comes in, then companies grow. It's not the other way around. I don't hire people to my end. You're here to make me more money. God, no. Like who would run a company like that? And you probably wouldn't have people stay if that was your mindset and what you said out loud. Like I've heard people say, I had a guy come in and apply for a job with my company when I was in a basement still. And he worked for a tenured company. He was there for 20 years. And I'm like, I have to ask you, why are you even applying here if you've got a a tenured position at this other reputable established company? And he said that. The guy literally came in in the morning meeting and said, I can't afford my boat. So you guys need to sell more. I'm like, ooh, yeah, I would apply with me too. Like that's a, people don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad bosses. So I've worked really hard on being as good a boss as I can. Sometimes that comes off very Michael Scott and I have to find that middle ground. But I'm I'm there for the people. I'm there for them to help them do better. They can come to me with a question about putting a liner in and they can come to me about questions with, you know, applying for a house loan. That's what I want to be is there for them. So technicians will come in and they'll have questions about life or about work. But um, when it comes to work or life, I've had so many conversations. By the way, I still haven't got to my point yet. The whole leveling up. I'll get to that. I promise. <laughs> I'm kind of rambling there, but it's making the point. But when technicians come in and they want that promotion, they want that more money, they want the more title, they just want the end result. 
they want more money, essentially. Right? I want to raise. Great. I was asked this a long time ago by my boss. He said, uh, if I was to give you more money, would you do more work? And I'm like, absolutely, I would. And he goes, wrong answer. I'm like, what? What do you mean wrong answer? Because I was young. I didn't understand. And he says, no. Let me ask you again. If I was to give you more money, would you do more work? And I'm like, yes. I don't care if you slow it down, man. They're still the same. And he's like, okay, let me spell it out for you. You should already be doing everything you can. And I'm like, oh, right, right. You got me. He's like, you know, think about it. What you just told me is I'm not working to my full potential. I could be doing more, but I choose not to because I'm not making enough. And I'm like, ooh, crap. Because he's right. That stuck with me for a long time. And I'll ask my employees that. I'm like, if I give you more money, would you do more work? And a lot of them say, absolutely. And I have to have that conversation. Shuts them down the same way it shut me down. Because that's the way most people think. I won't do, I'm not going to do any more than I have to. Until I get that promotion. Until I get that lead position. Until I get that more money. I won't because I don't have. And that's the opposite way. What they don't understand, and this is biblical, this comes right out of what Jesus said. He literally said, you can't be trusted with more until you can be trusted with a little. And that's stuck with me. All of these things come together in this when you're managing people or parenting or whatever it is. I need to see you at your full potential with a little bit. I don't care if your job is only to sweep the floors. If you half-ass that, I'm not going to give you another responsibility. I can't. I can't. Because... My my only metric for you is how well you did this one job. That's it. I'm going to pay attention to that. And if you sweep the floors really, I don't have a position in my company that sweeps floors. I'm making a metaphor. So I want to be clear. Nobody's going to apply for sweeping floors at Caesar Chimney. But my point is, I give you a task. I give you responsibility. I give you a job. I'm going to watch how well you do that job. And I made a mistake. Even with all of these thoughts and quotes and things that I've heard from other people rattling around, they didn't all click until recently because I was hiring people and I would promote them based on their time, really. Well, he's the next one up. I remember saying this in a meeting. I'm like, he's the next lead. And my managers looked at me and they're like, really? He's going to be the lead? I'm like, I mean, he is certified and he has been here three months longer than the next guy. I mean, we can't really. They're like, yeah, we can. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. But for a long time, I was just promoting based on next man up. You're the next man up. Let's put you in the seat and see if it works. Oh, it didn't work. Okay, you're fired. Next. That's a terrible way to run a business. And I didn't realize it because I was in it at the time. So now we have conversations. Now we have, we, we review people and we actually look at how well are they doing that job? And I had to tell my employees that because when I switched it from next man up to I'm going to promote you based on skill. Oh my God, did we rattle some cages? Everybody got upset, as they should, because they were assuming things were going to go on the way they were. So the next person up is thinking he's next person up until I go, eh, no, actually, we're going to promote based on how well you do your job, which is the way it should have been. That's my bad. They still weren't happy about it. So I had to explain it to them. I cannot move you up until you've mastered your position now. Because if, you, if you're not doing a good job at this, what makes me think you're going to do a good job at that? Same same mindset. If I give you more money, will you do more work? The answer is no. I'm already working as hard as I can, and I want more money for that, for the work I've been putting in. That's the right answer, and most people are scared to give it because it's outside their comfort zone. So on the topic of promotion, too, so many, I've seen this over and over again with technicians and employees. So many people, they keep looking up. They're like, I can do his job. 
I could do her job. I could do that. That's easy. And the way my company is set up, we always have two technicians at least per job. And if you're doing, you know, the basic job we do sweeping, I'll send a two-man team out to the job. And I have the lead or the most experienced guy, the certified guy. He is the inspector. The newer guy, uh, the one that's still learning, he's the sweeper. Sweeping is the easiest part of our job. The easy, the newest guys do it day one. But that's the way it is. You go into the house together. You look around. You kind of get the lay of the land, see what you're going to do. And then you split. The lead technician goes outside or in the basement or on the roof or in the attic. He's out there running cameras and taking measurements and pictures. Meanwhile, the other guy, the new guy, he's going out to the van. He's getting tarps and he's getting vacuums and he's getting tools and he brings them all inside and he sets them all up and he sweeps everything on his own. And then when the lead technician is done with his inspection, he'll go inside and double check, make sure everything is right. It's all put back together the right way. He did a good job sweeping. He got the ash pit. And then he goes back to do his report and his estimate and his inspection while the assistant cleans everything up and puts it back in the van. It's a perfect system until the guy that's dirty, the guy that's lifting the vacuum, the guy that's doing the grunt work, the guy that's the hardest worker at that job sees the lead technician. The, the heaviest thing he's lifted is the ladder and then a tape measure. That's it. He's up there taking pictures and playing on his phone and sitting in the van in the heat and coming inside and sitting at the dinner table with the customer and they're laughing and joking and he's clean. He doesn't doesn't have to wash his hands. And he's over here, the, the new guy sitting in a fireplace covered in soot and struggling with a damper and getting kicked in the face by a drill. And it looks like this this comparison of he's got it better than me. I could sit at a table. I can take measurements. This is This sucks. And I'm saying that because I thought that when I was the new guy and I was sitting in a fireplace and I was covered in soot and sweaty and bleeding and just swearing under my breath, I would look into the kitchen and there's my boss sitting there going over coffee and, you know, going over the inspection and showing pamphlets and talking about cap colors. And I'm like, must be nice. God, (laughs) I've been there. I get it. The problem with that is when you're always looking up at somebody that does their job well, All you think is that it's easy because they make it look easy and it looks a hell of a lot easier than what you're doing. And I love promoting a technician to lead. It's my favorite time in a company when somebody that's been busting their butt for years in the trenches, in the fireplaces, in the ash pits, lifting that damn vacuum every single day as it gets heavier. All of a sudden, I'm like, you're now a lead. Congratulations. And then we go into lead training. And we train them and they always have that kind of attitude of, oh, yeah, I get to be the clean guy. I get to be the top guy. I get to make more money. This is awesome. We put them through the training. We put them out in the field and we let them fly. (laughs) And then about a week goes by before I'll check in with them. Sometimes they come to me sooner. I never forget. I had one technician that was very cocky, very arrogant. And we just saw this coming. And we went out there. He's like, I got this. He came in my office maybe three, four days in. He closed all the doors and he sits down and he's like, I I have to apologize. I'm like, what? He goes, I did not know how hard this was going to be. I'm like, I know. He's like, you do? I'm like, yeah, you're not the first one to say this. Every one of them does. Whether I check in with them or they come to me, I'm like, how's it going? Oh my God, this is hard. I'm like, I know. That's why we do what we do. And then they see it. They understand it. And now they look back at, man, I wish I could be sweeping a fireplace right now. I'd give anything to have my head in a damper. <laughs> it's, it's hard. And then it repeats. Now they become a lead and they get really, really good at being a lead. And they want to be a manager. They want more responsibility. They want more pay. They want to sit behind a desk. 
And we've now promoted two different people from either technician or lead into a warehouse manager position or a safety manager position or a vehicle manager position. Sometimes it's being done at the same time as going out in the field. Sometimes it's now that's your job. Every time that has happened, it's been fun to watch or also into management. My two managers now, Max and Rick, same thing, went from being a lead to being a manager. And they were both like, oh, yes, the easy life (laughs) in the beginning. And now it's not. Every time. I've promoted somebody from a position that they've mastered to the next position. They go, ooh, life's going to get easier. It does not. It's harder every time. They don't understand the difference between a backache and a headache. Backaches hurt, and they're terrible, and you take ibuprofen, and sometimes it doesn't go away. And then you think that you're over it until you get a headache. You get a headache from looking at the computer all day or writing a report all day or reading uh, reviews or talking to customers or dealing with emails and It's a different kind of hurt, and you're not ready for it. A headache will actually drain you faster than a backache, and I say it all the time. I am much more tired at the end of a workday sitting behind a desk than I am rebuilding a chimney. I can do that with my eyes closed at this point, and I do sometimes. When I go out, I just blow the technicians away. Wow, look, John still got it. Yay. But sometimes when I go out to rebuild a chimney, it's for a break. And I tell them that. I'm like, I'm here to decompress. I need a break. They're like, excuse me, you want to go rebuild a chimney because you need a break from being behind a desk? It doesn't make sense when you say it out loud. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm I'm 100% serious. I would much rather go put in a liner, go rebuild a chimney because I don't have to think as much. I just get to do. And oh God, does that feel good. But they don't understand that when they're still in the lower position. And then when they get to the next level, they're like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be easy. And then it's not, and it gets harder. And you get that, that almost depression because you expect it to be easier and it's not. And you're like, when does it get easier? Which brings me to the actual topic of this podcast now, 30 minutes in. I'm sitting with a technician last year and he's dealing with exactly that. He goes, man, every time I think it's going to get easier, it gets harder. And we were talking about life and work at the same time. We were having a deep conversation one day. And without giving away too much of his personal or whatever he was going through in general terms, that's what he was dealing with. He was dealing with a lot. He had a lot of changes. He had a lot of issues uh, in his personal life, a lot of issues at work. We were trying to promote him. We were trying to train him. We were trying to move him. We were trying to do things. And he was just at that breaking point. He's like, I don't understand why life doesn't get easier. And I was like, whoever told you it would? Where did that come from? Because it doesn't. And he kind of looked at me. He had this blank look. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, no, no, life does not get easier. Life is not, that's not the point of life. That's not the point of work. So many people get it wrong that I have this cushy job and I just get to hang out and, you know, do nothing all day until they come back and they watch me do it. And they're like, how the hell do you do it? I'm like, it's just what I do. Same thing with a lead. You get to watch a lead and you're like, that's super easy until you become a lead. And then you're stressed and your head hurts and you go home more tired at the end of the day, wishing you could have your face in a fireplace. It's just weird. It's backwards, but that's the way life is. And he's like that. I don't, I don't like that. And he started to get really stressed out (laughs) and he's like, no, no, no. When does it get easy? I need to know when it gets easy because I need to be able to deal with it. I need to be, I can't, if I can't deal with it now. And I'm like, exactly. So that's the whole point of this whole podcast. What I'm talking about. It really clicked for me with this one technician because I found a way to explain it to him. He's very, I wouldn't say very young, but a lot of my technicians are young. I have a very young company. Most of them are between 18 and 25 for the most part. So I have a very young company compared to me. I'm old now. (laughs) But I was like, how can I get this across to him in a way that will make him 
understand that life gets harder as it goes, but also make him happy about it. Make him, make him excited for it. That's, I'm like, that, that's a weird analogy. And then it hit me. Video games. <laughs> like, that's how you talk to a young person, right? That, that sounds like my dad. But video games, I'm like, that would make sense to him. And this analogy started to form, and that's the point of this whole podcast here, is, is leveling up, right? Whether you've played video games years ago or recently, I don't care if it's Mario or Donkey Kong or Sonic, or now if you're playing Call of Duty or Resident Evil or even Fortnite, whatever, you're going to understand this analogy. So bear with me here. Let's say we're playing this make-believe game, and you start out level one, and you're just trying to get your bearings, trying to figure it out. Usually you'll start like in a small room or you'll start out in some like condensed area where you can, you can't really do much. And then usually there's like a chest over in the corner you open up the chest and ta-da, there's your first gun. And you're like, yay, I get a gun. And now a door opens. You walk through the door and there's somebody you have to fight and you'll take one shot two, with the little gun and the whatever character will fall or die. Same thing with Mario, right? You start out and you got to fight turtles for, you know, two or three times and you get through the level. You're like, ooh, that was hard. When you play a video game, that first level is always easy on purpose. That rinky-dink little gun that's literally served up to you on a platter, or the turtles that barely move and you just jump on them and they die. Like every video game you've ever played doesn't start out hard. Then nobody would play the game. It has to start out easy to get you used to some things. How do you use the controller? How does your character move? What are your special abilities? What can or can't you do? I love, side note, let me go off on a little bit of a tangent because I watched my teenage sons who grew up playing normal video games like now. And then I got this little contraption that let them play all the old games, Donkey Kong and Mario and Sonic. And I was, it was fun watching them play Mario because like these new games have checkpoints. You can save your progress. Be like, you know what? I'm going to go have dinner, go outside, come back, pick up where I left off. It's going to be great. That's not Mario. And I didn't realize it because I haven't played it in so long, but you would play the game until you died. The goal of the game was not to die. <laughs> that was it. And they, I watched them play the first level. This is where it started to make more sense for me too, so maybe it's not a tangent. It actually helps. They would play the first level of Mario and die three, four times and get frustrated. And then I would watch them get that resolve, kind of sit up a little bit, wipe their brow off and get, you know, white knuckle in the controller and they're leaning into the TV and they're like, I'm going to get through this this level this time. And they would get through level one of Mario. And the look of elation on their face was like, oh, this is amazing. I did it. I'm like, I know you did. I could beat that with my eyes closed, but good for you. <laughs> Typical dad. Then they get to level two and now all of a sudden there's turtles. And they're like, what? What's this? I'm like, I don't know. Figure it out. And they're like, well, how do I beat them? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, where's the instructions? I'm like, funny thing about that. We didn't get instructions to games when we were kids. We just had to play it until we died. And then we were like, okay, let's not do that again. Mario is actually the perfect analogy for life, if you think about it. Go back and play it, and it'll change your whole life. Because it did, for me, watching this happen with my two boys, getting frustrated that there wasn't it wasn't telling him on the screen, push this button to do this, push this button to do that and try this and hit here and jump there and do that. And this will kill. There's none of that. We literally just picked up a controller, played the thing, died a thousand times before we finished level two. And then we're like, oh, okay, I think I've got it just in time for them to throw water in. And now we're like, crap, how do you swim? Like that was, that was video games for us growing up. Now, these the kids I'm talking to, they're like, oh yeah, you started out and there's a 45 minute tutorial that shows you how to do it and where you go and what to where to find things. And I'm like, oh God, you have no idea. So it was fun. Have your kids play Mario. 
it'll blow their minds. They'll think Fortnite is hard until they have to figure out how to kill a turtle with no directions. Anyway, I digress. But that's the what I'm getting at here. Mario, right? First level in retrospect is super easy. Like, it's way too easy. Yet we died a thousand times trying to get through it because we didn't know how to get through it. Same thing with these video games. You got the little fun gun. You get through it and you get to kill a couple people. You get to the next level and it's happy. You're like, wee. That's why they make them easy. Because you gotta, you got to figure it out on your own. You've got to get the lay of the land. You have to get a little bit of experience and see what's going on. And then you get to level two, right? This is where everything changes. Is you're all excited from beating the first level and it took you a while to figure it out and you, you powered through it, you made it work. Now you're in level two. And now people, you know, let's say we're back in the gun game. Now you've got these characters coming at you and you shoot them, but now it doesn't take one bullet to kill them. You think it does because it did in the last level. Now it takes three. You have to shoot them three times for them to die. And you're like, oh my God, this just got harder. And you're like, all right. And you get all that resolve. Let's get through it. By the time you get to level three or whatever, that little gun doesn't even work anymore. Now you got to go find another gun, a better gun, a leveled up gun with some tricks and tips. And maybe it shoots different because you have to continually improve. That's the whole point of this. Leveling up is about improvement. The game doesn't improve. The game gets harder. You have to improve either by figuring out what you're supposed to do a different way or finding new tools, which is exactly what we just talked about the last two, three weeks with certifications and education and all that stuff. It's about you. Your character has to level up. You cannot beat the entire game with a level one gun. You can't. You cannot get through Mario level one and then think you're going to go beat Koopa at the end of it because you can't. That's not how it works. You've got to figure out experience and figure out where to get more tools to keep going. Oh, God. I was was watching his eyes like glaze over as I said this. He's like, oh, my God, I actually get it. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of life, of business, of marriage, of parenting, of everything else is too many people expect life to be like, Level one, the whole way. Woo, this is so much. Think about that. Think about a video game that you would play where every single level was the exact same difficulty as the first level. That would be boring as hell and nobody would play it. You can't play that. It's just, That's the whole point is you've got to make it harder. You've got to throw in challenges. You've got to throw in some wrinkles where, ha this gun doesn't work on this character. Now go find another one after you've died five times. That's the point. But too many people like this technician, they're scared of the next level. They don't they don't equate the two together. I'm like, think about that, man. What are you scared of? It's like the unknown. I'm scared of, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if I can do it. I'm like, it's just like video games. You don't know what the next level is going to hold. After the first two or three or four levels, you've kind of figured out by now that the tools you had in this level aren't going to work in the next one. You're going to have to figure it out again. Every time, figure it out again. Okay, what are we doing now? That's the same thing as life. You're not scared to go to the next level there. Why? Well, I could die in the game, but I get I don't, you know, I get to come back. I'm like, all right, so what's the worst that could happen other than dying in real life? What's the worst could happen? You take a chance and it doesn't work out. He's like, oh, well, I start over. Same thing. Same thing. You screw up, it doesn't work, you start over. That didn't work. Let's try it again a different way. That's life. But so many people don't want to level up. They want to stay the same. They think, well, I should just be able to stay this level one character for the rest of my life and everything's going to get easier. And that's just not realistic. 
You have to level up. You have to grow as a person. You have to try new things. You have to step outside your comfort zone. You have to try new tools. You have to, you have to try and figure it out. You can't stay in level one forever, and you also can't stay level one in level 10. That's not how a video game ever will work, and that's not how life works. And the light went off in his eyes, and he realized it. And now time and time again, I bring this up in, in conversation. I don't care if I'm talking to somebody in their 60s or somebody in their 20s. The, the analogy makes sense, so I thought I'd put it in here. What are you trying to do right now in your life? Are you trying to grow your business? The majority of my clients, the majority of my listeners, that's what they're here for, is they want to grow their business. And I'm like, fantastic. First thing I say is you got to get out of the van. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not in a van. Well, yeah, but I mean, I figured I could. No. If you want to grow it, you want to have a business, you can stay in the van. It's fine. And this is where we get into the talks about having a job versus a career or job versus a business, right? If you can't leave the van and work doesn't get done, you don't have a business, you have a job. Same as your employees do. We've talked about that. There's books written about it. It's it's a fact. If you want to grow your business, there's going to come a point, and it's different for everybody, but usually it hovers around van number three. There's going to come a point when you cannot do any more from the front seat of a van to grow your business. You have to step out of it. When you step out of it, you've just stepped out of that comfort zone. You can't do what you've always done anymore. You now have to do something you've never done before in ways you haven't done it. And I remember that that feeling. I called two or three people and asked them, what do I do now? I'm scared. I don't like this. It doesn't feel right. Every one of them said the same thing. You'll, you'll get there. It's going to happen. Don't worry. And it did. Now I'm the one turning around saying the same thing. Step out of that comfort zone. You're in level two now. It's a whole different game now. Your job is now not to put in liners. Your job is now to make sure the people putting in liners know how to do it. It's called training. It's called mentoring. It's called educating. It's a whole different, it's it's so much harder to tell somebody how to do it than it is just to go out and do it. It's easier. It's comfort. You want to go back to level one. Let me just put the liner in. I can do it easier, faster, quicker, better. You're going to screw it up. That's where most people get hemmed up because it's easier for you to do it. I know. I get it. I've been there, but that's not your job anymore. Your job is now to be at a different level the level of training, the level of growing. And then when you when you get kind of good at that, like I was, I got up to six employees and I wasn't in a van anymore. Yay me. Now COVID hits. Now you got a curveball. Now what are you going to do with all of your training and your great, wonderful business that's going to run? I don't know. You're going to shut it down and send everybody home? Nope. I don't, that's not an option for me because I don't see that as a roadblock or a setback. It's a minor inconvenience for sure, but how can I make it mine? How can I make it work for me? Oh, I know. Let's go hit all the people that are now unemployed up and see if they want a job. Turns out they did. Surprise, surprise. That's the way my mind works. It's it's not a setback. It's an opportunity. But every time something happens, I level up. Doing this podcast was leveling up. I had mastered putting in liners and, and building chimneys. Great. Then I got out of the field and I learned how to do spreadsheets and work on my business. Good. Then I learned how to, you know, everything I did was new and I had to figure it out, had to make it work, had to trial and error. Sometimes it didn't. My employees were like, this guy's an idiot. Every time I tried something new, I had to start over with this mind of a student. That's humility. You're not going to get to the next level knowing how to do everything in it. That's not life. That's not video games. That's not realistic. You have to start over. You have to figure it out and you have to hone whatever it is you're working on now. But you can't do that. Technicians, business owners alike, you cannot move to the next level until you've mastered the first one, which brings us back to video games. 
The video game won't let you move forward unless you figure it out. That's the whole point of it. You can get stuck on level one forever. It's called sucking at video games because I've been there too. There's some games I played that I never made it past two. I'm like, this is too damn hard. I can't figure it out. It doesn't give me enough information. I'm out. I'll try another one. That happens. And that's what a lot of people want to do. They get overwhelmed. They're like, life is hard. Then they complain. Life is hard. I'm the other way. Remember, take that and flip that on its head. Life is hard. Let's get it. Everything's hard about it. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Working out is hard. Being fat is hard. Choose your heart. Figure out which way you want to go because life is 100% fair. It's all hard for everybody. You've got to figure out which hard you want to do. Do you want to complain that you're out of shape or do you want to complain that you're sore from the gym? You're going to complain either way. Do you want to complain your business is too small or do you want to complain you don't make enough money? Because you're going to complain either way. What do you want to do? You have to level up. You have to choose which game you're going to play. They're all hard. Spoiler alert. You have to go through each level knowing that the next level is going to be harder than the last. And you can't get to the next level without mastering the one before it. There's no skipping. By the way, that was another thing, right? Mario again. God, Mario is a really good analogy for life. There is a way to skip in Mario. There was a couple different ways that you could cheat and from level one jump to four or five or six. It was a little tunnel you jump in and jump over the wall kind of thing. Everybody that's played knows what I'm talking about. But there was a way that you could just skip half the game, which in your mind sounds like a great thing to do until you realize that if you go from level one to level five, you have missed a ton of experience. The game is designed to be played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's the way it's designed. Going from one to four or one to five, you have missed so much learning where now there's there's things you don't know how to beat you know have to, it's harder to play level five skipping there than it is if you'd have got there going one through five because now you have no idea what's going on there's bullets that are flying at you you don't know if you should duck under it or jump over it and then accidentally it hits you and you're like oh they kill me great it's harder because you don't know what the hell's going on so yeah you can take a shortcut You can find the fast track. You can get the easy way out. You can absolutely do that in almost everything in life. Almost every single time, it's going to come with a cost. If you're going to the gym, you're trying to lose weight. Everybody, it's funny. People go, what's your secret to losing weight? Well, I eat seven times a day and I don't have any sugar, any alcohol, any, and they're like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. Did you think I was going to say magic pill? Did you think I was going to say steroids? You think I was going to say I snap my fingers and no, <laughs> it takes hard work to lose weight and to work out. It takes hard work to build a business. It takes hard work to save money. It takes a lot of hard work to do these things, but absolutely you want to lose weight and, and gain muscle. Steroids is a shortcut. <laughs> Talk to me offline about the, the cost that comes with that. Cause yeah, you'll get big fast, but there's some other issues you probably don't want to do. So don't do it. Shortcuts are not the way to do it. Because you might get there sooner. You're not going to like where you end up, right? So what the funny thing about this whole podcast is I don't even play video games anymore. I think the last game I played was like 2010. And that was just because I was bored in the winter because I didn't have work because I was laid off. Other than that, like I think Mario might have been the last video game I played. I've just never been a big video game guy. You wouldn't know by listening to this. But I just realized that it, it clicks. It makes sense. And in reality, I wish I could just redo this entire podcast and name it Mario is Life because I just figured out that Mario is the key to figuring out how to get through life. No shortcuts. Figure it out until you die. That's literally what life is, isn't it? Figure it out or die. 
and then if you die, that was the thing that was funny about watching the boys play is you get like, I think four lives when you play Mario and they would finally figure out how to get through it. And they would get to like level five. They would get there by playing one through five and they're there and they're super tense. They don't want to touch anything. They don't want to make a mistake. They're like sweating. They're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And why are they stressing out? Because they realize if they die, they go back to level one. There's no checkpoint. There's no save marker. There's no, well, I can just pick up here because I'm, no, no, you can't. <laughs> you can pause it and hope the game doesn't freeze on you. If you leave, you go to the bathroom and come back. You try. <laughs> That's when video games were good because they emulated life. And we didn't even realize it because we were 10 and didn't pay attention. But think about that. If you're trying to grow in something, if you're trying to change in something, you're trying to go to a new place in your life, you're trying to improve something, you can't get there by staying a level one character. You can't. You want to grow a business? You're going to become a new version of yourself. You want to go to the gym? You're going to become a new version of yourself. It's going to take getting up early or staying up late or eating different. It's going to take change. You can't just go to the gym and keep drinking beer and eating chips every single night and think you're going to get jacked. And there's people that do that. That's like playing level one on repeat. Doesn't work. Like, why isn't this working? It's not the way it's designed. Anyway, I think I beat that up, but you get the point I'm trying to make. If you're trying to get better, you have to level up. You have to change. You have to go with it. And just know that when you get to that next level, it's going to get harder. And it's going to keep getting harder or else you don't learn. That's the whole point of it. It won't help you learn or grow if you don't ex go through the experiences of it. Mario is life. <laughs> That's all I got for this week. Um, thank you guys for lending me your ears. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.